You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later. Now you will save us. Would you not ask for your poor? Oh, you're hungry! We do not want your tired and sick! It is your corrupt we claim! It is your evil that will be sought by us! With every breath, we shall hunt them down! Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies! These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace! These are not polite suggestions! These are codes of behavior! And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost! But if you do! One day you will look behind you and you will see way through. And shepherds we shall be. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee. Justin Waller's trying to uh, figure out technology. He should be on the way. Uh, evidently, he's having. He's trying to figure out Zoom for his kid. I think in virtual learning. Now he sees what I go through every day, which I can't help but uh, laugh about this. Uh, but he should be on his way. Um, we've got a lot of things to talk about. I guess the first thing that I'll jump off on is that game yesterday. The Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, if you missed it, I mean, you would not believe, A, the fact that RG3 thinks that had he played the entire game, they would have won. DC's the same quarterback that I saw. And B, the monitor that I'm looking at the replay of, my wife keeps walking in front of it, so I can't even see what the hell's going on. So, you know, of course, there's that going on. Uh, but... Seriously, RG3 was was terrible. I don't know why Trace McSorley McSorley, uh, wasn't in the damn game to begin with. He's the only one that had any version of offense in the entire game. He looked the part. He was scrambling well. He threw the 70-yard touchdown. Granted, that was the Pittsburgh secondary taking a huge swing and a miss. I, I think the guy was trying to make a pick, but he wasn't even close to making a pick. He should have secured the receiver. Instead, he made a diving try at the ball, and that was all she wrote. If you can get Marquise Brown into the open, that's all you really need. So, with all that being said, the Steelers are still undefeated. And we're going to look into them here in one second and figure out... Can they stay undefeated? They are now 11-0. You're talking about five games left. And we're going to take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule as hell. Even I'm having issues with with, the technology right now. I I don't want to get into this whole. This Apple update is junk. It has screwed up my entire platform. The Apple update and the Facebook update. The Facebook update has been terrible. I don't know why they went from what looked like a modern look to back to something that honestly I think looks like something from 2008. The if people don't know what I'm talking about, your app didn't really change. It, it's the it's the desktop, and it is just junk. I mean, it is so much junk. It's like looking at a big spreadsheet. I don't know why they went to this, 
but I'm sure I'm sure someone told them that it was a good idea. Some kid who, who's uh, you know, still living in his mom's basement or whatnot. But it's just he probably he probably thinks he came across something new, and we all know that this look is from about 2008 2009 when he was walking around in diapers. So, anyways, that sucks. Uh, the game itself yesterday, I thought it sucked. I mean, I I watched it because it was the only thing on at the time. But my God, if they don't get Lamar Jackson back by next Sun or next, it was the next Tuesday. I don't know if they'll beat Dallas. Now I would definitely start McSorley because over and over and over again, RG three did not look like a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's never really looked like a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was a dangerous thing you had to plan against when he first came into the league. Then by year two, they planned against it. He was injured, and the rest is history. His career hasn't been worth a crap since since his original major injury. And... By the way, there is breaking news. Uh, Anthony Davis is signing a five-year, $190 million deal that broke overnight. Uh, but I do want to get that out there. That's not really breaking news. He wasn't going anywhere. The eyebrow was not going to go away from, from, from Daddy LeBron. I mean, come on. He He's going to walk him through. Now, there are a lot of r- rumors that they're, that they're trying to acquire a third big three. And one of the rumors that I've heard would make the NBA extremely unwatchable. I don't believe the rumors, but they're saying Giannis, the Greek freak, could be going there. If he goes there, I think you've lost all interest from anybody watching the NBA because no one wants to watch a team just roll through. No one. I'll put it this way. I'm not going to go through another five years of Golden State. When KD went to Golden State, I felt like that should have been blocked back then. If they allow something like that to happen, the NBA front office, I'm just going to say, see you, dude, because I'm not going to waste my time watching something where I know the ending of it. We all hated the social warrior junk that the NBA went into, but I'm willing to give it somewhat of a pass and move on. I know a lot of fans will not, but move on to a degree and see where we're at going into 2021. But if they make it competitively impossible for someone to beat another, to beat one team, there's no real reason to watch it. To me, it would be like the Mets adding Bauer, getting a trade from Garrett Cole, and we'll throw one more out there, and they find a way to make it a, a trade to bring in. We'll say like Mike Soroka or Jack Flaherty or something like that. Then the Mets dump all the money into a bullpen and then they, they go out and get a bunch of batting. If you have one team that just cannot be taken down, there's there's no reason to watch. College football gets close to that every year. I lose more and more interest every year in college football because the haves are so much greater than the have-nots. But I still haven't quite given up on college football. You still hope that there can be an upset. But let's be honest. In it, most most years, over the last half decade or so, it's Clemson and Alabama, and the rest of them are playing for third place. And it's a little absurd. 
that's always been a difficult thing to try to monitor when you're talking about the national, I mean, uh, college football, because you don't have salary caps. Nothing is stopping a super team from joining together. For instance, take a team that's not very good. Okay, take a team that is out there. We'll say. Okay, I'll take a team that is on the down. We'll we'll say someone like I'm not even go Florida State right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you someone different. Let's say South Carolina, right? And you get a a coach that comes in there that everyone really loves, and they become the trendy pick. And a and a group of kids decide they're gonna make that the team to go to. There's no rules in college sports that can stop it. That's why from time to time you'll get it in college basketball. But I can live with that a little more because that's going to fade off into the distance. What Clemson and Alabama have built is a full-blown dynasty. And it's a machine. And that's what becomes unwatchable in, in college football. I hope that we get a different turnout this year, but it's looking more and more like that when they have Trevor Lawrence and when Alabama just steps on the field against any team from the SEC, they are unbeatable. Now, I do give Notre Dame a chance to win. I think they're pretty well-rounded. I just don't know if they're explosive as Alabama or Clemson. But at least there's some intrigue. In the NBA, there was no intrigue last year. None whatsoever. Did you really think that LeBron James was going to lose the NBA tournament that they did down there in Orlando? I can't even call it the NBA playoffs because it wasn't a true playoffs. But did you really think that they they were going to lose that tournament? Hell no. In a best of seven, the only thing that gives you a fighting chance of upsets in a best of seven in basketball is home field, home court. You can pull the upset because you're at home. But when all seven games are being played on neutral sites, the best team would win every single year. You would never get an upset ever again in the NBA if they did what they did in Orlando again. So, oh, uh, some more breaking news. Las Vegas Bowl has canceled their their uh, bowl game as well. That's the 10th bowl game to get canceled so far. I expect that to be up around 25-30 before it's all said and done. We are getting good news about the about the uh, coronavirus vaccine coming in in the very, very near future. Probably by the end of next week. The UK, if you missed it, they have approved the coronavirus from Pfizer and there was another company. I forget the name of the other company. But they've been approved, so they're going to be rolling it out next week in the UK. A lot of people are pissed off because they feel like it should have already been over here, but we'll get into that later on. Justin Waller is joining us. I'm going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking football with Justin Waller here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. The weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, 
the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays. The Armchair Quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face -face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eat-ups, and hurry-ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. In engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show here every morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, to blow your mind. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. Zoom, if he hasn't nodded off as he has his head down, is uh, Justin Waller. Justin, how are you, brother? I wasn't sure if you froze or if you dozed off to sleep. Or uh, Did you get your uh, Zoom figured out for the virtual learning? Uh, we're, we're working on that. It's a Teams issue. It, I can't fault uh, Zoom for this one. Um, so You can always fault Zoom. <laughs> they can have blame, too. There's plenty to go around, but uh, I'm trying to... I'm done stewing. I can, I'm calm enough to function now <laughs> that little zen uh nodding off you noticed uh, kind of brought me back to uh reality <laughs> are they is it got to do with the uh, joining on an id or something like that uh it, it's actually uh it completely is different than what me and you uh use in day-to-day -day life uh they log in through the school system and then they go sit and wait inside a a board and uh the 
the administrator or the teacher logs them all in. Uh, they don't have the idea with the kids. It just kind of pulls them all in. But uh, getting inside that portal sometimes is a little bit tr tricky. Uh, first thing in the mornings we are finding out in this being our I'm really surprised. Yeah, uh, I made it all the way to December with the. This is the first week we've had to do uh, virtual at home um, with one of the children. So, uh, hey, we made it four months without uh, having to run at this thing. So, that's similar. Now we're to, learning on uh, fly. That's similar to the way it's set up for when I talk to uh, the guy, the guy that runs the the show, so to speak, with all the affiliates and whatnot. Uh, I've just sit there in the in the in the waiting room along with a couple other people and kind of wait for him to pull us in as opposed to the way we do it just via email. Uh, there's a way for us to do it. I just don't have any confidence in the guys on armchair quarterbacks radio to figure it out. So I've, I've always punted it. I'm like, I'll just send the email. There's like, there's a way. Cause that's how I join every day with that picture that you always see. But I'm like, I am not, there's certain people. I could think I could talk you through it. There's a couple other folks that I won't embarrass that I'm like, there is no way in hell, even if I was sitting next to them and showed them, on Monday that I could talk them into being able to join us that way on Tuesday. They'd be, I don't remember. We, we, no, 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 no. So <laughs> it was honestly, that's kind of the, 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 the kind of junk that led us to zoom because zoom is much more user friendly when you do it the old conventional way. Cause Skype, I mean, you remember Skype was a pain in the ass. And there were times where Skype didn't work and we didn't understand why it didn't work. And you'd have to read tutorials because it was some stupid update that they did. It was asinine. Skype, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we say throughout the years uh, contribute to gray hair, but I can, I can attest for that one. Uh, that one single-handedly probably put the most on my head because that had grown men about wanting to throw blows, each one thinking the other one's unintelligent, can't figure out. And I'm like, look, dude. <laughs> we, we both know what we're doing it's not me and uh so yeah i'm glad we moved on from that platform yeah they you know they are the classic uh they didn't change with the times mainly mainly because well, i think what they thought was that they had something they didn't have cha have to change they thought they had coke classic is, is what they thought they had and and what they really had was rc plus right and yeah. they never went with because I think the more and more technology changes, the point of it is to make it easier for the user, not to make it more complex. Like this new Facebook update on the on the desktop, I hate it. It's stupid. It reminds me of when Facebook first started. I don't think a lot of people see it who just use their phone app, but especially working it from a business page on it, it is so much more difficult, so many more hoops to jump through because some dweeb who is probably around drinking age at right now thinks that he stumbled onto something so clever and is basically turned into a spreadsheet and like, look, Bozo, this is what we dealt with in 2006. And that's why, and that's why Facebook is here. My space isn't right. So, you know, you, when, when you update something nowadays, you're supposed to make it easier, not more complex. No one, no one wants to learn your lingo. No one wants to be in, in the know with you. They just want to do their crap and get out of there. And anyways, who I'm sure who, whoever designed this is going to get canned and they'll, they'll fix it in the next month or so, but it's, it, it is terrible. The new uh, Apple update is terrible. It is just having so many issues with it. We, we had to reset one of my phones last night because it would not grab the 
the Wi-Fi. And long story short, the best way we could figure out is to reset. The, I was trying to put that off, and my wife is usually much better at this than I am, so I wait for her to get home. I was like, what do you think? And she went through all these videos. I said, I, I think I'm going to have to reset this thing. She said, well, let me see. So she tried all these things that I'd already tried, and finally she said, yeah, we're going to have to reset. I was like, yeah, that's the one damn thing I didn't want to have to do on one of my devices because one of my devices, if I reset it, it basically means – I've lost everything and I have to go purchase a bunch of junk to put back on there. So one of them I'm not going to reset and I'll have to figure out a way until they till until they re-update their their thing, right? Um but anyways, let's move on from uh the tech one oh one that we just threw at everybody. Um Tech one oh one sound like me chasing the over in yesterday's matinee football game. I mean, that's kind of the conundrum of how can y'all screw up not scoring in any other fashion? Um so Yeah, I was surprised the Pittsburgh that you took, Steelers. I was surprised that you took the over. I thought when you mentioned it yesterday you had taken the under and then when we were texting back and forth yesterday you you, you said that you you'd taken it on uh, Sunday. I just felt like it was going to be hard for them to get to that many points. With uh, you know, Baltimore's got a good defense. Pittsburgh obviously has a good defense, and then RG three. Man, did you hear his comments after the game? I just heard no. him this morning right before we came on, so I didn't even get a chance to to record them. He made the comment that uh, had he not gotten injured. They would have won the game. Was he watching the same game that we were? Because he was terrible. He was Dude, absolutely terrible. I don't know, terrible. man. Uh, end of the third, uh, top of the fourth. I mean, he had it when he had that big run, and uh, then he came up lame. He pulled a hammy or tweaked a hammy or something. Was that in the second? I thought yeah. it was in the third. Um, I mean, they were driving he in there. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't get hurt, then. Uh, yeah, maybe. No, he's but, I mean, it's, it's not anything. I'll, uh, I'll tell you how they win. There. I'll tell you how they win. They they never start him to begin with, and they go with McSorley. McSorley looked like a guy that they might be able to build around, at least as a backup. I thought he at least looked like an NFL quarterback. RG3 looked like what he is. He's old. He just looks – he's extremely inaccurate. That stupid pick six. I mean, come on. That's you, you, the show I was listening to didn't even bring that up, but he he wants to point to his injury. Is what cost the cost him the game? What about that dumbass pick six that he threw at the beginning of the ball game to put them in the like right behind the eight ball immediately? Yeah, his arm put him back. His legs kept him from being able to uh, overcome that. Uh, it was entertaining. I didn't think uh, he, they stood a chance to even be in the game but uh, kudos to their defense they found really were though right it, it wasn't i don't feel like the scoreboard that 70 yard touchdown at the end that hollywood had uh, i don't think it's really indicative of of the game i mean yeah it was a big play it happened but uh it makes it look a lot closer than what it really was because exactly. uh, you know, steelers kicked field goals um uh, and you know to the ravens credit they held them to that they uh bent and didn't break but uh it was never really a concern that the ravens were going to come back and win that game they tried to play that card uh, at the very end after the last touchdown but pittsburgh never even gave them the opportunity to get back in it i got the impression when i was watching the game that that was exactly what their what their game plan was was to play like a bend but don't break defense it realistically worked because if RG3 doesn't throw that pick six, they won 14-12. to 12. 
So realistically, it worked. They held them to four field goals. They didn't score a damn t- – well, no, wait, that's not true. They did score a touchdown. It was two field goals and a touchdown. They missed an extra point. But, oh, by the way, do you remember beginning of the first quarter, I think it was, um, when Pittsburgh originally had to kick the first field goal right before that on – was it third down? There was a slant pattern on third and goal that Deontay, Deontay Johnson dropped yep. that he would have walked into the end zone in one of my uh in my only ESPN dynasty league that I have I lost by that play I literally lost by like 5.7 points or whatever the hell it was wow. that touchdown cuz I needed I didn't need a big game but I needed a reasonable game from from Deontay Johnson, and it was a, a toss-up. I was like, do I start him or do I start Snell? And I just thought that Johnson had a better chance of getting in the end zone than Snell, so I went with that. I think Johnson might have outscored him by like a point or something. But that that drop, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's going to come back to bite me. Because unless they just blow him out, that's going to come back to bite me. Yeah. It could have. And then, I mean, I tell you what, the other big glaring play was the clock management right before the half for the Ravens. Uh, they had to waste the timeout. And then they get down there at the goal line, and they have to rush to get that final play to uh, which you know I, I think there were some shenanigans going on with Pittsburgh slowing the clock. Uh, not that any other team does. I'm not saying it's a Pittsburgh thing. Um, every team, obviously, the defense is going to get up slow and that thing. But they should have had a timeout in their back pocket so they could have set up and or uh, had time to at least get a field goal. So I mean, you're, you're they had a lot of missed opportunities in that game on the coaching staff as well. Well, moving on from that, we're going to go into uh, week number, I guess this is week number um, 13 that, that we're getting into now, and looking at the games ahead here in the NFL real quick, and then we'll dive into college on the next segment. Um want to throw a couple of games. Obviously, I, I mean, I think one of the bigger games, it's not just because we're, we're playing the homer card here. The Tennessee game, Tennessee's playing Cleveland, and Tennessee's a six-point favorite. 54 is the over-under. The team totals are 24 for Cleveland and 30 for Tennessee. Any of those numbers I throw out to, uh, just throw out at you, do any of those intrigue you? None whatsoever. Um, historically, this is uh, you take last year out of the equation, which I believe we, the Titans went up to Cleveland and boat raced them. Um, they overcame the hype train. Um, I, I, I don't see that happening. These have always traditionally, no matter which team has been on the top and which has been on the bottom, Cleveland has been a struggle for the Titans. Uh, it's kind of in the, in the same category as the Chargers, and the Titans fans will understand what I mean there. Um, it's just a, a team that historically you have struggled with. So, uh, no, both sitting eight and three, eight and three. You come off the big highs of uh, taking the lead of your division and finally getting Indianapolis, and then you turn right around and uh, you're, you're, you're facing the Cleveland Browns right there staring you down at eight and three, and you need that for playoff positions. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't lose what you just gained um, this past Sunday against the Colts. I don't – I think statistically if they go in and let – and they do what they did against the Colts and they say, hey, 
or TDB. We're, we're, we're going to set the king loose and we're going to Derrick Henry to death. Well, you know it's coming. We near, we're telling you it's coming. Can they go in there and have a blocking scheme set up to where they can impose their will and allow the king to run loose? If they do that, then Katie bar the door. The Titans is probably going to boat race them again. But that's easier said than done. See, last year they blew them out of the water up there in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the John U. Smith reckoning. Everybody realized you had a stud there. And A.J. Brown was yards after catch guy. That was the one where he had, I think, two long touchdowns that remember, they just they would have been dropped by anybody else. I remember the game that they, they put it out of uh, the play that put it out of the reach was the screen pass to to Derrick Henry, and that was that was like the okay, I guess that wasn't a fluke last year kind of thing, right? Um, from what I remember of it, it was a fairly close game going into the halftime. Tennessee was either up by a few or down by a few, and then when they came out in the third quarter is is when it really – it was like three consecutive possessions where Cleveland couldn't get anything going and Tennessee hit like three big plays, and that was it. This year, I kind of expect Tennessee to kind of bludgeon them because if you give – Baker Mayfield, the opportunity, he's going to make a mistake. He's going to make a big mistake. And if you kind of like the way that Baltimore did, but in a different sense, if you do a bend but don't break defense against him, I really think what you're going to end up seeing is Baker Mayfield making mistakes, not being able to complete third downs. I watched quite a bit of that that Jaguars game last week, and he was terrible. I mean, he missed wide open pass after wide open pass and if you put that kind of onus on them i don't think they're going to be able to to lean on that running game as much the one thing tennessee's done okay with when they focus on it is that they can put pressure on the running game by by sheer numbers that they're willing to do it and so you put the pressure on mayfield to to kind of beat you over the top and i don't think he can do it i know that tennessee's secondary has been suspect but I still say that Tennessee can probably play play him in, into a corner to where they're 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 going for field goals, they're stalling out drives, and if Tennessee can just be methodical, I think they can win this game going away. But I don't know if they're going to get to thirty points, and I could see Cleveland backdooring the cover on six points. I think that's a little high. The 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 minus six is a little high. That is insinuating that they have a true home field and they don't have a true home field because of the you know the twenty twenty situation. Yeah, I would definitely shade uh, the the Browns plus six if I'm looking at putting points. Uh, I think it's realistically probably the Titans minus three. Uh, nobody's going to give you that, so they'd probably be minus three and a half. Uh, they hook you to that touchdown, but uh, that's where I would feel more comfortable if I was looking to uh, take Tennessee in points. There's, I don't touch it at six unless I'm uh, buying it down a little bit. I agree. I just don't think that it's uh... – and the over under, I, I couldn't even begin to fathom on that. At fifty, you at fifty three and a half. Is that what you you showed? Or do you uh, still have it? I, I've got I've got fifty four. But okay, regardless, We're, you're splitting it there. They're both fifty four. Um, essentially, I don't even know where to hit it. That's exactly where I see it. I see a mid twenties ball game on both sides. 26, 24, 27, 21. I mean, I, I'm still somewhere that I'm too close to even want to get to the over under on that one unless there's some some weather situation that pops up 
and you can take the under. I I think I would steer clear of the whole damn thing. Uh, we'll get into more NFL uh, talk tomorrow. But before we hit the break, are, is there any other game that glares at you that you're like, man, I think I I, th- I think I really like this spread. Uh, on the spreads, sorry, I cut out for you on a minute. I didn't. Is it is there any NFL spread that that jumps out at you? We can get into more of this talk tomorrow when we do our six pack. But I didn't know if there was a NFL spread that you're like, man, I, I really like this number. I haven't really. I, I usually start sitting down and looking the looking at these on Wednesday, but because of the 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 uh, game that was on yesterday, I didn't I didn't have my normal routine down. I like Buffalo at home minus one and a half Monday night uh, with San Fran coming in town. Uh, I'll I'll take that. Anything under three there, and the Rams right now are minus two and a half visiting Arizona. Um, that one interests me as well. So I I would lean the Rams and uh, the Bills on those two. That Rams one's interesting. Um... I guess no, I'm in, I, but I'm only interested now. As soon as it gets to three or up, I'm out. Uh, and actually, as we speak, I'll just prevent that from happening. Um, but, yeah, I love technology. <laughs> Do you think we're going to hear complaints about – so I'm looking at this. Arizona's playing at 4 o'clock on Thursday – excuse me, on Sunday. And then the very next day, the, the 49ers are going to play – that same field against the Buffalo Bills. You think we're going to hear complaints about the conditions of the field, or do you think by now they've they've got all that figured out? I think they've got it figured out, and I still think uh, it's just my my personal opinion. But I think it's still going to be better than what you would do if you went to outside venues. We've seen where the NFLs tried to get cute and use a college here or there. Even when we go to Mexico or or Canada, we have field issues. So I would feel better that the Arizona Cardinals can keep their field in a back-to-back in better shape than taking the chance of rolling out to the local community college. So I I think it'll be okay. I'm just telling myself logistically that it will be. Um, You shouldn't have any huge issues. Looking at – but, I mean, I would shade the over in the second game just to be in case the defender falls down. <laughs> that Sunday night game, I know Kansas City's ridiculously much better than uh, Denver, but, um, man, 14 points. You, don't, you do not see a spread like that often in the NFL. And I wonder if that, if that might be a little too much because it is a rivalry game. They do see each other quite a bit. It's not like it, you know, just – came out the box so to speak and you're not you're, it's in other words it's not the jets going to kansas city it's the broncos going to kansas city they should have their quarterbacks i would think back by then now that's what i was about to ask do you know the status of the quarterback room i don't but i would think because that was that was strictly they didn't have covid they 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 were in the protocol right so you would think at least one of them is is going to be healthy um but i i'll tell you what that that that's enticing if nothing else, that's enticing for a tease. Take it like a seven and a half point teaser up to twenty one and a half, and then pick another game where you think the the favorite is very good, ch- like the Raiders, a very good chance to bounce back and win. And all they got to do is get the W. Um, I know the Raiders got blown out last year in New York, but they're not. They were not coming off a blowout in. 
Atlanta the week before like they are this year. So I think I think I think they're going to be fully awake. Is is, gonna, is my my guess. I don't speaking think of Atlanta. Any way I can talk you into a little money line play against the Saint, uh, Saints on Sunday? What any way you there, it, oh. uh, plus two and a half over under forty five and a half, and uh, Falcons are plus one twenty on the money line. You, any chance after that Raiders performance you give them uh, against this Saints team rolling in? Yeah, I give them a really good chance because I find it odd that on mine that I'm looking at, Atlanta is minus 120 if you take the plus three. And anytime you see that, they don't want you to take that. They want you to take the Saints. Because if it's not a minus 110, if it's a minus 120 and you're like, man, I have to spend a little more to make a little more, they're trying to entice you to take the, the other team. Um, granted, we just saw the Saints with Taysom Hill beat them in New Orleans, and Atlanta couldn't could not move the ball. But just like we saw with the Titans in in the Colts, it's really hard to beat your rival twice in three weeks. That, that might have been four weeks, but I feel like that was twice in three weeks. So yeah, I if I was going to go that game one way or the other, I would definitely take the Falcons and. And I'll tell you something else, that, that over-under is pretty low. 45 for that rivalry. Putting the last game aside, I think that game gets up over 45 and a half. I will agree with you on that one. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, pull, pull up your college because we're going to do some college. There's a lot of good college games on this this weekend, y'all. Uh, in case y'all missed it, Michigan and Maryland did get canceled. But uh, we, we're going to get into some college spreads because there are a lot of good college games this week. We'll be back in a flash on the armchair quarterbacks. Now, if you want to crown them, but they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. The Armchair Quarterback Show, weekdays, coast-to-coast, Southern Sports Talk Radio. Find us on Facebook Live today and tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Your first choice for sports talk, live from the First Coast. Slide here is your ex. But if that's the call, Mike Wheel and Sam all have to know they're shifting. Open palms to post, thumbs ups across her, thumbs downs and out. Trevor, why don't you get up here and draw that for us? Playing real football is hard. Playing fantasy football when you got the armchair quarterbacks by your side makes it a lot easier. Make sure to join the armchair quarterbacks right here. We'll answer all your questions, pickups, trades, you name it. You want to win your league? Then listen to the armchair quarterbacks. And don't be scared to tap that app. Find the armchair quarterbacks app today. Fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. 
Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. If you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. This helpful instructional message from the National Association of People Who Have Trouble Walking and Chewing Gum at the Same Time. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. SEC! 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 Short drop, Tannehill off the snap, throws over the middle, it's caught. That's A.J. Brown at the 50-yard line, breaks a tackle 40, has a blocker, bats in at the 35, to the 20, to the 10, 5, and A.J. Brown is in for the Tennessee touchdown. Hey man, them ain't high-heel sneakers And the show don't look like cowboy boots Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As uh, we're going to get into college football. Justin, did you see that uh, the SEC commissioner uh, is taking the ACC commissioner to task for canceling games? And ba- I don't know if people saw this. They changed in midweek. They cha- Well, I'd say midweek, Monday or Tuesday. They changed the ACC to only have to play nine games as opposed to 10 conference games. And that was because of the Florida state Clemson debacle. The didn't play, uh, whatever side you're on, the game didn't get played and they're not trying to replay it because there's so much dissension on both sides. Florida state's claiming that Clemson was being careless. Clemson's being is claiming that the Florida state didn't want to play them. And so, to squash it, the ACC commissioner stepped in and said, screw it, we're just not going to have that game replayed because you're either going to have – you're going to have one or two things. Clemson is going to beat Florida State like 200 to nothing to prove a point, or Florida State's going to go in there and just heat-seeking missiles and just start injuring people, right? And we didn't want that on either side, so they'll give them a year to cool off essentially. Um, but they canceled games – and, like, for instance, Florida State was, was supposed to play Duke this weekend. They moved it to next weekend so that Miami could play Duke in case they're – because Miami's only got eight games, and they want to make sure Miami gets their season in. So Miami is going to – so, once again, Florida State doesn't have a football game this, this week is the short of this. But Miami's going to play Duke. That will get them to 8-1 and one, and then – the following week, I don't know if they have – I think it's tentative. They're setting it up where Miami's playing 
North Carolina. And I don't even know if that game's guaranteed to be played because it might have to do something with the effect of if Clemson wins this week and gets to the needed wins, then that game may not even have to be played. But they, I, I'm not 100% sure if that game's going to be played. I know Florida State Duke was moved to next week. And then I don't believe – okay, yes, there are two – Okay, they've got Miami playing two more ACC games. That's right, because one of their uh, games I'm, I'm mentioning in their record is actually a non-conference game. I forget they actually played non-conference games this year. So Miami, if Clemson were to lose, has to win the, the, the next three games, and they would be in. But by the way that they set it up, Notre Dame is already guaranteed a spot in the ACC title game. And I don't know exactly what Sankey's issue is, if it's the fact that they just changed it in general or if they changed it to get Notre Dame in. I didn't hear it, but I just saw the blurb across the bottom line as, as we were sitting here on break. I find it – the whole thing's interesting. It's almost like a pissing contest between, like, seven schools and two commissioners. Well, I mean, he probably just had to throw a jab since uh, everybody from the ACC threw him to the SEC when they came out with their 11-game schedule, and we were scared to play in the SEC. So, you know, I'm, I'm think he just wanted to jab back, I'm sure. Well, come on. Now, where this point in endgame is, I don't know, but nah, I like it. Maybe we can get us locked into ACC-SEC uh, annual little – we need one of them, like college basketball That would be does. great to SEC-ACC week. Yeah, we, we need one of those, just like college basketball. Let's just do it. Let's set it we up. We both have 14 teams. There's no reason why you couldn't do it. And if Notre Dame ever gets added in football, well, then we'll just tell Duke to kick rocks or something. Uh, <laughs> I would. I would. I, th I think that would be a lot of fun. And I mean, if they don't want to join the ACC, we can kick Vanderbilt out and we can bring them to the SEC. That makes a lot of sense. But, you know, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Vanderbilt probably should be kicked out and then the ACC give you one of their teams. And then that way, at least it would be 14 teams that, that play division one football. Um, Thanks for Georgia tech, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we, 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 we'd probably give you Georgia tech. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if I'm looking at the map, I, I just off the top of my head, I'm you Duke, sure. Because if we give you Duke, that means we lose them in basketball. That's not a fair trade. So, We'll have to give you Georgia Tech because they suck at everything. I hope you're listening, Casey Camp. Um, <laughs> Unless we go and watch them play the University of Tennessee and they're good at uh, nobodgers there. Thanks. Butch Jones. Um, Notre Dame plays this weekend against Syracuse. And then I think, yeah, that's their last game. So they'll have two weeks until the ACC title game. So one week off. So, same thing with Clemson. If if Clemson uh, pulls off the W, Clemson, um, this is their last game at Virginia Tech. I think that's the ACC night game, by the way. I mean, I'm sorry, the ABC night game. Um, but anyways, a lot of fun to to watch that kind of stuff unfold. You because because when you get these pissing contests between commissioners. Um, I get why they did it, but I also thought it was really backhanded to do it the way they did it because to rip games out again, it's 
It's almost like they purposely went after Florida State and said, all right, you're going to not show up for that game, and you're not going to show up for last week's game. We're not going to let you play this week's game against Duke. We're going to make you wait a week. Florida State's probably like, that's fine by us, man, because they're about to play Miami, so they're going to be beat up all to hell when we play them. And then it, and then the Clemson game was uh, changed. That opponent is now Wake Forest. So either way you look at it, Florida State won out. <laughs> We're still not going to have a winning record, so it doesn't matter. But at least we didn't have to play. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them play Virginia because at least that's a team that's somewhat beatable. And I would have liked to have seen do it. The, the problem with FSU is it's not the coaching. It is the players. They do not have the athletes and the players in there right now. And he's not going to have a good recruiting class this year. It's going to be three, four years before Florida State gets out of the hole. Um, they might be more competitive next year, but Florida State fans, don't don't start drinking that Kool-Aid in April or March whenever they do their uh, spring game this year. Oh, man, I hear this guy's really good. This guy's really good. Wait till they get on the field with other guys that don't have Florida State uniforms on it. We'll see how it goes. Um, the college football games that are coming out this weekend, any of them jumping off the board at you? I know we'll make our picks tomorrow, but I always like to do this on Thursdays because it kind of gets – kind of lets me know where you're going and um, kind of sticks – Sometimes you pull you, you you bring ones up and I was like I haven't even looked at that game. Well, there's two of them that uh, just really interest me. Arkansas is a road dog at Missouri. I don't know any reason why Missouri would be uh, a home favorite, uh, especially the way Sam Pittman's had Arkansas looking this year. Unless I'm missing an injury, and I'll dive into it. Uh, I like them plus three. I like them straight up on the money line. I think Arkansas can go in and uh, handle Missouri easily. I think that uh, the next one. I Go think, ahead. Honestly, I think the only reason why that game is like that is road, uh, home team and Missouri has looked good the last couple of weeks, but then again, they haven't played the, the stiffest competition. So I'm with you. I, I don't. I damn sure wouldn't take Missouri and feel very good about it. What was the next one? I even liked the over in that one as well. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. This one's probably going to give you pause. Uh, Liberty at Coastal Carolina. I'm going to back Liberty on this. I just There's too good of money uh, to not do it. Uh, I'm what throwing time a little is that game? One, it's showing a one Eastern. Okay. Yeah, they always play Which, a weird time because, well. I, I mean, Liberty had the big game that I went in. I don't have my board what is the line on that right now? Uh, plus ten and a half. Liberty plus ten and a half. Really? Over under fifty four and a half. Liberty plus two eighty on the money line. Coastal Carolina's uh, minus three fifty. I think Coastal Carolina will win. But what what did you say the over under was again? Fifty four and a half. Man, that's really intriguing because Coastal Carolina puts up points, and we know Liberty does too. I take the over and Liberty plus ten and a half. Uh, and then a little, little just side wager for uh, the money line. That one's a straight across the board Liberty. So uh, that, that one interests me. I think Coastal Carolina's had a great season, a great year, and nothing to them. I just think Liberty and Hugh, Fre Hugh Freeze has got a job audition right now. This is him this Saturday. You come out and you wreck the season of Coastal Carolina, and they're going to be lining up at Carolina, Vanderbilt, all these places to uh, give him that next position. They're already lined up now, but uh, that's the statement right there. That's the one that gets somebody and you announce it on Monday morning. 
No, no interest in Tennessee plus seventeen and a half at home. In I mean, snow. I took it, but uh, I, I personally have taken that. I wouldn't advise anybody else to do it. Uh, that's probably stupid money. JG still starting under center, so I've pissed away that five dollars. But uh, <laughs> that's all right. Tony, we'll get you next year, baby. Hopefully, that blizzard comes in and uh, shuts trash down. <laughs> uh the other one i like is uh, honestly uh the big 10 championships this weekend uh indiana at wisconsin and uh i like indiana plus 14 and a half i know wisconsin is getting oh that's right because the indiana quarterbacks hurt that's right okay yep. man that, I, that still seems like a really big uh 14 yeah, i've got 14 on my board you're saying 14 and a half games at 330 in wisconsin you got to figure it's going to be cold and if nothing else i would think that indiana defense is going to keep it very very close wisconsin only scored seven points against northwestern yeah they're gonna have i to like indiana all day in that one and uh that's crazy I'd, I'd steer clear of the money line just considering the uh quarterback injury but uh way we've seen from that defense they've got next man up and uh i think they keep it within 14. what i really like is hitting the under on wisconsin their team total is 30. Oh yeah, Wisconsin just scored thirty points against Indiana. I mean, Ohio State didn't do that, did they? Until overtime. No, I mean, or right at the very end. I think the score think was right scored, at. I think they scored forty-two, but I want to say at least two of those scores were set up by the defense. I think there was a defensive touchdown. And I think there was another one where they basically Ohio State was given the ball in Indiana's backyard. Man, that's that's crazy. That is a crazy, crazy line because. Um, yeah, wow. I, I hadn't even looked at that. Clemson's a 22.5-point favorite against Virginia Tech. That probably won't be enough because Clemson's out there for style points. What about – oh, man, I never thought I'd see the day. Alabama, 29.5-point favorite in Death Valley against LSU. 29.5. That's so tempting, but it's probably not enough because Mac Jones – right now, hey, we haven't even talked about this. Who Who is your Heisman Trophy winner right now? Is it Mac well, Jones? I mean, I, is it is it is it Trask? Is it is it is it someone else? Is it ETN? I can't give it to Trevor Lawrence. The, the, the guy missed too many games. I can't give it to Fields because the same reason. Um, yeah. I'd say it's got to be Jones at this point. It's crazy. He's a Jacksonville native. Um, Sixty-six and a half over under in that game. Alabama scores sixty. Because I give Alabama seven. I mean, I can't go much higher than that against uh, Alabama this year. But uh, can Alabama throw 60 up, or is that a safe under? You mean LSU? I know one thing. LSU's uh, team total is 17 and a half. I don't think they hit that, do they? I feel this is kind of the so well. I was wrong with it yesterday. but uh, three, three touchdowns? I don't think they get uh, much higher than 10 points, so I, I would be safe there. I would take the LSU on the team under. And LSU's defense has played better. I think I would want the under on that all day long. LSU's defense, it looks like it's playing much better because essentially their freshmen are, are turning into sophomores. And remember, the score against A&M the week before had a pick six in it and a couple short fields where there were turnovers and interceptions inside the the red zone. So um, it, it gave the, the – 
It led Texas A&M to a lot shorter field and more points, so don't let that be deceiving. That defense played a little bit better. It just can't stay out on the field. I mean, you just can't stay four quarters on the field with Alabama and have three and outs, or they are going to hang 60 on you. I feel like you're going to be biting your nails a little bit, but I feel like that the under is the way to go on that because they are yeah, going to try. They are going to try to get Mac Jones the Heisman. That's just that's just a given. Miami fourteen. You you know one of the, some of the ones that are interesting to me are the ones where they changed it midweek, and you have you you now have a new opponent. So how does Miami react to to Duke? Right. So they're 14 half point favorites, but I don't have it in front of me because ESPN erased it. So I don't know what they're originally supposed to play. But but who were they originally supposed to play, and what did they what had they been working on for the last couple of days? And then all of a sudden they they get this news and they're like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, I find the whole thing kind of uh, that that could have some some big time plays in it in, with the ACC. I'd have to go back and get the old schedule and put it up against the the, the current schedule and see who whose games are new and whose games aren't because. That could have a lot to do with people covering spreads. You might know the answer to this, but before I run out of time, why in the world is the Pac-12 going up against the NFL on Sunday night? Do you have a reason for that? Why we're being uh, blessed with Washington State at USC at 6 p.m. should be 7 Eastern on Sunday night. So the USC game was supposed to be Friday night. And it got punted two extra days because I don't remember if it was contact tracing or if it was like an entire uh, group of players on one side or the other. I think it was USC that, anyways, the game had to be moved. They didn't, and they wanted to move it further away than just one game, one day. Because I, I'm almost positive it was contact tracing because it was, it was that five day window thing and the thing popped up on like a Monday. And so they were wanting a full deal where they 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 could get past it on saturday um i would say hell why don't you just play the damn thing on monday there's already two nfl game monday night doubleheader so well i i'm kind of with you on that i mean why don't you just make it an afternoon game or if you want to do the matinees are, are you turning off the nfl to flip over there to see that no no hey well i don't know this week it's it's denver and kansas city right isn't that the Sunday night game. Oh, that's right. We talked about them that, needing to flex that, that and it suck. hasn't been done. So I might actually be watching that. Normal, but normally you're right. Uh, I think most people won't, though. I think most people, because of fantasy football and gambling, they're going to watch a bad NFL matchup before they ever watch a college football game. You know, we all know the NFL is the king. I guess they're starting it a little early because they're trying to get it going before the Sunday night game, but you're also coming on the tail end of the 4 o'clock games. I don't have the, the slate in front of me, but whatever games start at 4 and 4.25, those games are going to be in the fourth quarter when this game kicks off. So you're going to have to do like a mass advertising. <laughs> I mean, like you're, right in the middle of the fourth quarter. You're going quarter, against uh, a bunch of ads on red zone, just blinking. Giants at Seahawks, Rams at Cardinals, Eagles at Packers. Good luck getting them fans to turn it. Uh, Patriots at Chargers. Yeah, that's that's not what a bad the, slate. What are the what time are the Rams playing? 
305, so 405 Eastern. And what time are the Seahawks playing? 405 Eastern. Yeah, there is no way in hell that <laughs> Seahawks and Rams fans are because that because that's really what you're competing with. You're trying to get the state of Washington and Southern California to, to watch that. Not to mention you've got the Chargers going uh, at 425 and the Cardinals are the team playing the Rams. So you've got the entire West Coast uh, going at 425. <laughs> so and we all know those games don't end until about 745-ish. Eastern time. So they're going to miss the first quarter. You're hoping people are going to dip over into the first quarter and go over and watch the game and then forget about the NFL. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. I think they would have been better off doing what they did in your uh, weeks past is it's weird for them because of the local kickoff, but start that game at um, nine or 10 o'clock Eastern time and try to get it in before the NFL gets played. What's the second Monday night? Is that the Cowboys Ravens game? That's I'm not seeing a line on it. Uh, I'm just showing the one so game. You've got Buffalo and San Fran is is the late game, and right. then who just played last night? Uh, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and the Ravens played yesterday. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Washington is the early game on Monday, and then Baltimore and Dallas is the Tuesday game. They flipped okay. it around so damn much it, it's it's hard to keep up with it. But that's what it is right now, and. They're saying that they think Lamar Jackson could be back, but they don't know. But they do not think that James Conner is going to be back. They're being very, very cautious with him because he he he's a COVID nineteen positive. Remember, he is at risk because James Conner uh, battled cancer a couple of years back, and so he he's in the you know the. Uh, what do they call them, at-risk or high-risk people. So I don't think he's going to play next week against Washington. They probably don't need him to beat Washington. They'll probably give him an extra week, uh, especially now that they're up. It's probably going to be a situation where, you know, for fantasy owners, you hope he's back in time for the playoffs week 14, but that could be up in the air. I think he probably will be, but don't bank on it. You probably want to grab Benny Snell if you're uh, – if you have James Conner, uh, there is talk that, that they're going to go to more of a split committee, even though, even though Snell did well yesterday, that they don't want to wear down Snell because they're concerned about Conner end up um, missing more time than expected. And they want to, just in case Snell ends up being their guy in the playoffs, you could get, I forget, his, uh, McFarland. Could could be involved in there too. So from a fantasy's perspective, it could be a nightmare because you're going to end up. It's going to be a Monday kickoff. You're not. Get, so in other words, you either have to hang on for dear life and make your decision if you're going to start a Pittsburgh running back on Monday. And then when you do start them, first of all, the Washington run defense is pretty darn good. And then second of all, he could be splitting time, especially coming off a short week. You don't expect a running back to get 18 carries on Wednesday and then turn around and do the same thing on Monday. So he's probably going to get 10 to 12 carries. I read an article last night that said that Booger McFarlane is going to get um, uh, reps in and they expect him to get somewhere between 6 to 10 touches. So you could end up seeing what, what that could raise is, is the ceiling. I, I don't know if you have any Pittsburgh receivers, but they might get in good use uh, Monday night. They go undefeated, sixteen and zero. I'll rip them off real quick. You got uh, 
the Washington football team That's at the win. Bills. At the Bills. Okay, that could be a loss. At the Bengals. Tennessee's only one to lose to them. Um, home against the Colts. And at the Browns to finish the season. You give the Bills, Steelers, or Browns, or excuse me, Bills, Colts, or Browns are pretty much your choices. Okay, Bills, that's on the road? That is in Buffalo, and it's a Sunday night 7 o'clock game. I give Buffalo a very good chance. Where is the Cleveland game? In Cleveland. On the final week of the season? Yes. That's going to be a loss because the rest. Cleveland's going to be fighting for something, right? Right. And you got to figure – Especially if they end up doing, I, I'm still surprised it hasn't happened yet. But if they go to having to, we came really close to getting this game canceled, right? If they have to cancel a game, they're good. They've already said that if that happens. We're going to go to uh, winning percentage. If we go to winning percentage, you nobody gets a bye week because you're going to go to 16 teams. And if nobody gets a bye week, Pittsburgh has to rest their guys. You can't go for the the, the undefeated season when you're going to have to play the very next week and you want to get those guys rested and, and ready to roll. What was the third one that you had? There was another intrigue. Uh, Colts at Steelers that I think uh, Christmas weekend uh, could be interesting. Colts are going to need to. Uh, it's a noon kickoff. Okay. One o'clock Eastern. That's a Sunday game, I'm assuming? Yes. This weekend? Okay. Uh, that could be dangerous too because what week is that? Oh, that would be week 16. Ooh, that could, NFL week 16. They're going to be hard-pressed to beat the Colts and Browns back-to-back weeks. And that's and that's if they get past Buffalo. I got them at 14-2. and two. I think they dropped two of them. Two of the three they lose. Yeah, I, they, I don't think – you know, it's funny as we're talking about I just saw there's someone's interviewing uh, – Mike Tomlin on Zoom, and he's like all up in like I mean, he's literally like in like like we're doing a Zoom, and you, you can see our faces and bodies. He's like all up in there, man. He's like this, and he's just talking. Yeah, I don't think that guy gives a crap about going sixteen and zero. He's trying to win no. a Super Bowl. I'd honestly probably I said deep down inside he'd never admit to it. You probably want that L. Go ahead and get it out of the way. Yeah, he, I don't want to carry that weight into the playoffs, do you? I mean, uh, if not, you can go ahead and write the Cleveland when down as well. You've got too many teams that are just as good, if not better, than you. I still think Kansas City's a better team. I just think that the Steelers have navigated their season really well. Kansas City is more explosive if they played each other, even if it was in Pittsburgh. I think I think Kansas City's the favorite, don't you? Kansas City has shown they're beatable this year. But they've also shown that not many defenses have what it takes to beat them. Also, you have to have the perfect game to be able to shut that explosiveness down. Tennessee played a really bad first half against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he almost came back and won the damn thing. Yeah, that that game right there. I'm telling you that rematch. Uh, I put. Be, uh, I think I'm be loading up some money on Tennessee on the rematch. It's I would definitely take twice. Tennessee in the points because I bet you it's at least going to be a touchdown, at least. And if it's a touchdown, I look. If Pittsburgh gets out alive, that's fine. But it'll be like a 1914 score, like it was yesterday. It's not going to be Pittsburgh rattling off 52 points and the and the Titans, you know, barely scraping 20. It's 
That's going to be a game. I mean, I'll put it this way as my walk-off. If I, as a Titans fan, if I'm picking my path uh, through the playoffs, I want to go through Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. I'll throw it out there. Absolutely. Amen, Amen to that because – you take 16, I don't care if they're 17, 18, and 0 by the time we see them. I'll still rather play them again than uh, take the Chiefs. But the problem with that is right now as it stands, we would have to play Kansas City and Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I'm sure. um, we got to find a way to get down to the four seed so that uh, so that uh, we don't have to play Kansas City. Although- if we lose to the Browns. If we lose to the Browns. No, but still wouldn't do it because they couldn't have the division. Steelers have the division. That's over. Well, if we, who who is the one division that we're not talking about? Buffalo. If bu- Buffalo could leapfrog Tennessee and be the three seed, let Buffalo have Kansas City all hey, day they long. Beat, they beat Pittsburgh, and that will absolutely help the cause. I don't know who has the tiebreaker if Pittsburgh and Kansas City end up in a in a tiebreaker. No, I'm saying the Bills would jump the Titans with same record because they would beat Pittsburgh. Titans would have lost to them. Assuming that all other AFC wins and losses are equal. Right, but what I'm saying is that I don't know who the one seed would be between Kansas City and Pittsburgh if they're they're even. Who, who, who did Kansas, oh, Kansas City lost to the Raiders? Pittsburgh, if they lost to Buffalo, they would both be AFC losses. I don't know what the hell would come down because they didn't play each other. So I think after that it comes down to like – common opponents i have no idea who wins that i'm I'm sure we'll find out but i want to play pittsburgh for before i play kansas city that's all i know we watched that team get just picked apart in the afc championship game last year and we had jarrell casey we did not improve that pass rush like they said they were going to yeah Beasley and Clowney, which Beasley isn't there anymore, and Clowney, uh, actually the defense performs better when he's on IR sitting on the sideline. So <laughs> I don't know what. We paid a high dollar. Uh, Do you play much Madden? What's well, assistant coach? <laughs> Do you play much Madden? Not anymore. Okay, but you've played it in the past. You yes. Know what I, you know what I would do? I would go to that 46 defense and engage eight every single play. Go, screw it. If you burn us, you burn us. But then that's fine because we're just going to plod down the field with Derrick Henry. I'm just going to engage eight, and every once in a while I'll drop a dime zone on you. Jim Schwartz gets a bad rap, but, uh, man, I miss his aggressiveness sometimes. I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, Schwartzy, I have no doubt about it. He's going to have a pass rusher. It might be a punter that's lined up on the edge, but he's going to put somebody that's going to go after the quarterback. If, she, if Schwartz uh, wants a good job as a defensive coordinator, I know some people in uh, Tallahassee that are looking for one right now. That's on every thread. Every time I go on Twitter, it's someone trying to pony up money to get rid of our current defensive coordinator. Not that I think he would come to Florida State, but yeah, wishful thinking. All right, brother, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Tennessee, Florida. Tony Agalini. Bring your A game, Tony. I can't wait. Coming for you, baby. I can't wait to do this one. All right, brother. Taste that L, baby. Taste that L. (laughs) Eating them W's. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Big news in the NBA as the Houston Rockets agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a first-round draft pick. 
reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The two general managers, Washington's Tommy Shepard and Houston's Raphael Stone, had talked in weeks leading up to the deal, but finally connected on Wednesday afternoon and had a deal done within a couple of hours. And all you LeBron James fans out there, well, he's not leaving the Lakers anytime soon. He agrees to a two-year deal extending himself into Los Angeles through the 2022 season for $85 million. The non-tender deadline was Wednesday night at 8 p.m., and here are some of the names that came across the wire. The Rockies announced that they have non-tendered outfielder David Dahl, while the Reds did not tender reliever Archie Bradley. The Chicago Cubs did tender the contract of Chris Bryant, while non-tendering outfielder Kyle Schwarber. The Marlins tender Jesus Aguilar, signing him to a one-year $4.3 million deal. And Matt Olson's one-year $5 million contract with the Oakland Athletics is fully guaranteed. Adam Duvall, who hit 16 home runs in just 52 games, was non-tendered by Atlanta. He was projected to make between $4.7 and $7.1 million this year. While catcher Gary Sanchez of the Yankees and Tommy Pham of the Padres will be back. And a little bit of free agent rumors for you. Didi Gregorius is being courted by the Cincinnati Reds. While the San Francisco Giants have their eye on outfielder DH Marcel Ozuna. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app. It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Spanish is worse than your English. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. Armchair Quarterback Show. Download the app and find us and share us on Facebook today. Talking about things that'll piss you off, things that'll make you think, things that'll make you laugh, things all throughout the sports world. The Armchair Quarterback Show. Weekdays. Drive time. Talking about things. Thinking about things. Like a walk in the park. Things. Like a kiss in the dark. Randy Moss has caught three touchdown passes. What a performance. I, I didn't even see the ball. I didn't. Sun coming, sun coming down that way. I seen it, I seen a black spot at the last minute. So it was either ball or bird, so catch the black spot. <laughs> if you're looking for gifts, or stuff for yourself from all teams, from all sports, it's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245 across from the food court, MVP Collectibles has all 32 NFL teams. Every SEC, every ACC, teams from the Big Ten, and 10 different Major League Baseball teams. That's MVP Collectibles. It's where the armchair quarterbacks can be found just before game day to get our man cave popping no matter what team you love. Hey, 
me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Find us on Facebook today. Started one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Cars from all over America come to find a new home in Florida, just like you. I moved here after the draft. Football. I noticed there was one thing missing from this great town. A celebrity-endorsed used car shop. That's why I founded BJ's Used Autos. Every one of these beauties is freshly painted. They look brand new. We have new models coming in every morning, usually around 2 a.m. We can get you anything. And if you see a car in your dreams, tell us. We can acquire it for you. I've taken the skills I've learned as a pro football player to the used car business. Smash, grab, and run like hell. I'm tapping low prices with hot cars. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. The friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Why is there a pancake in the silverware drawer? I mean, why is there silverware in the pancake drawer? <laughs> And it knuckles through, it is good from 48 yards. And the Spartans go back in front, 23-20 with 3.35 to go. You know, every week they'll go through it here. They'll see if they got some magic up their sleeve. RCB is going to lateral it back, balls on the turf. It's going to roll into the end zone, and Michigan State is going to cover it up. That is a touchdown for the Spartans, and that is the nail in the coffin. So what you want? I want bourbon, I want scotch, I want beer. What's that going with you? Here on the uh, CBS Sports Radio, the armchair quarterback app. I have had a back and forth. We're doing an NBA fantasy league, mainly because we're bored. And uh, I almost had to pull teeth to get a couple of people to play, but it looks like we're going to get a pretty good turnout on this. And we're going to do the, the the draft, and it, it, it'll be fun. It'll give me a reason to pay attention to the NBA, because right now I, I'm just kind of burned on them and don't really care to. I see the NBA news come across, and I'm not that excited. I want to try to fall back in love with, with a sport that I truly love, so I'm going to do the NBA uh, fantasy, and we'll see how it goes. But he made the comment to me last night that, oh, uh, you know, this is 2020. You're with Yahoo. What are you doing? So I, I was confused because I was like, Yahoo's rated the number one fantasy sports app like years in a row. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Well, he's an ESPN guy. I'm like, dude, ESPN is trash. It is the worst fantasy sport. If you would have told me NBA.com and they have a league like the uh, – Fantasy, like the way the NFL has one, I couldn't speak on it intelligently because I've never played it. But football and baseball, Yahoo blows them out of the water. It's, I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody from a technological standpoint. If you know anything about technology, Yahoo is much more advanced than ESPN, ABC, Disney. Because they don't put their technology through the things that, that make a fantasy app work. The, the technology that 
Disney has is going to be to you know CGI a character or something to you know to make a a, a dragon look real life on film. They don't give a damn about the fantasy aspect of it. So we've had a, good, a lot of fun with that going back and forth because I, I thought maybe he was going to throw one at me that I wasn't aware of, and he said ESPN. I go, oh god, ESPN is trash. It is so bad. Anyways, breaking news or breaking rumor. Let's not call it news yet because that would be disingenuous to call it news. But there is a pretty substantial rumor that Tony chimed in here on a Twitter that he saw on Twitter. And then during the break, I went and I looked it up and it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a chance that the Liberty. Okay. So it's now official. The Liberty coastal Carolina is off. BYU coastal Carolina is on. This is going to be a good game. And have to give credit to see who does he work for? I don't know who this guy is. Ross Dellinger. College football for sports. Okay, so he works for Sports Illustrated. He is the one that's breaking the news, so I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. Um this is huge. Because now, I would have much rather seen them play Southern Cal. But at least BYU gets a chance to play a team that is looked upon as formidable. They're undefeated. They're ranked in the top 25. They're beating the hell out of everyone they play. I get it. The Coastal Carolina doesn't play in a power five, but they are dominating teams. And I cannot wait. I don't know what time the game is going to be. That hasn't been announced. <laughs> I would tend to think it's going to be on, on CBS Sports because they tend to have both of their uh, – I think that they were going to be the ones televising the Liberty-Coastal Carolina game. So if you're just joining us, Coastal Carolina and Liberty is off because of COVID-19. I'm disappointed by that because I wanted to see that matchup. But the fact that we get Coastal Carolina-BYU – lessens the blow hopefully BYU gets one more chance what we're going into the fifth I think they are contractually obligated to play one other team BYU is I'm about to pull up their their schedule but BYU is going to play uh, a couple more or one more game and then it they're expecting it to be announced in the very very near future sometime probably, probably before we get off the air that BYU will play Coastal Carolina. And, no, I'm wrong. That game is supposed to be on ESPNU, so that'll be interesting. It was at home against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is 18th in the country. It was supposed to be a 2 o'clock kickoff. They're going to be playing BYU. I don't know what time they'll play it, but I'll tell you this. It's a perfect opportunity for them to put it on primetime ESPN. That's what I would do with the damn game. I'm going to tell you right now, Oregon Cal has less intrigue, which is the current 7 p.m. ESPN game on Saturday. That is a hell of a lot less intrigue than Coastal Carolina and BYU. 
Now, not traditionally. Oregon and California are are two Pac-12 teams that have been around for years. But Cal's 0-3. Oregon is now out of the national championship picture. I don't even know why they're picking that as the 7 o'clock Eastern game on ESPN. They must not have much of a, of a choice. I figure you could put something better than that. But as of right now, the BYU-Coastal Carolina game We'll see what time it's kicked off. I would think it would be a little later than 2 o'clock just because you're hitting BYU. Today's Thursday. You're hitting BYU 48 hours before the game. you got to get travel plans, et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell you what, if that game's played on Sunday, you're damn right I'd, I'd strap in to watch that. I'd watch that over a lot of NFL games this Sunday. That That's exciting. I, and it's funny. Those have been my two darlings all year long. I've been pounding the table about Coastal Carolina. I've been telling everyone that will listen, BYU deserves a chance in the national title picture. And now they get a chance to play a top 20 team. BYU, let's see if they are scheduled. I think they are either scheduled next week or the week after. They obviously don't have a conference game. So BYU... Uh, yes, they play San Diego State next next week. They do have an opening the following week, but that's conference championship week. The Pac-12 will play other games. It's going to be really hard to, to get someone to play BYU that final week because it's going to have to be something that is in the best interest of the team trying to pad a stat. Like if there is a... Maybe a Big 12 team that, that just misses the Big 12 championship and says, to hell with it, let's play BYU. Or maybe, uh, I'll tell you who ought to do it, but the SEC's got to bend and let them play out of conference. You know the game I would like to see? Texas A&M and BYU. Texas A&M's not going to a conference championship. Texas A&M's not playing that final week. But Texas A&M could pad their resume if they were able to play BYU. And if I were A&M, I would go to the SEC commissioner and say, look, I know you said we can't play at a conference, but this is a special circumstance. We're trying to prove that I would sell it to them as this way. Because if Florida beats Alabama, those two will both get in. But if Alabama beats Florida... Their only way of a chance of getting a second SEC team in would be for AM to beat a team like BYU on conference championship weekend. And I, I think that would be incredible. Incredible for the sport. Um anyways, that's breaking news for people that have missed it, uh, that are just joining us. Uh the the Coastal Carolina game has been canceled. Coastal Carolina versus Liberty has been canceled because Liberty has COVID-19 concerns. What we are gaining out of this is, and this is, these are rumors right now, but it's pretty credible sources. The BYU game, BYU playing Coastal Carolina, I would think it would be in Coastal Carolina sometime on Saturday. And so, and so we wait to 
to to uh, hear from that because that is going to be incredible, incredible for the the world of college football to get that game. And then, like I said, I Texas A and M ought to think about doing it. Go, hey man, we need to have a conference call. We need to talk to y'all because. We're not going to have much of a chance if Florida loses to Alabama. They're going to put Clemson and Notre Dame in most likely, assuming Clemson were to come back and beat Notre Dame. If they if they don't, that kind of opens the door for AM. But you can't wait till after that game's played to, to, to sign someone up. So because remember the playoffs are going to be like shortly after that. Less than two weeks after the conference championship games, you're going to have the first round of the playoffs. So BYU is ready to play anybody anywhere, obviously, because they're about to go play Coastal Carolina. I'm assuming the game will be at Coastal Carolina. That game will be huge. And if a team like AM wants to prove what they're worth, I mean, it's out there. I would say a Big 12 team, but the two main Big 12 contenders are probably going to be, I'd say the Big 12 championship is probably going to be a rematch of Iowa State. Oklahoma and what chances they have of getting into the playoffs. They'll just have to prove it on the field that night. And then it's just going to be a matter of opinion on whether a two loss big 12 team gets in. I wouldn't put one in. I'd put a and M in before I put them in. But what if you get Alabama and what if you get Clemson and Notre Dame, Alabama undefeated Clemson and Notre Dame sitting at one loss apiece, and Ohio state's like five and O or six and O a&M going in and beating BYU championship weekend would put a stamp on. We should be in there, not Ohio State beating down a Northwestern team that's going to be outmanned. Northwestern just does not have the dogs to play. So there you have that breaking news. Uh, Tony, thanks for leading me in the right direction on that. that I, I wouldn't have seen that till after the show. I try to keep an eye on Twitter during the show, but it's a little hard because I'm managing about seven different electronic devices over here at once. So, um, Real quick, want to make sure everyone get caught up on the uh, – there's a lot of college basketball yesterday. The college basketball scoreboard looks like this. Uh, number one, Gonzaga took down the West Virginia Mountaineers, 87-82. West Virginia is ranked number 11 in the country. And – Let's, let's get some. Um, yeah, 87 82 in that game. And uh, I have not seen Gonzaga play, but people are telling me they are just ridiculous. Joel, Joel AI, who people love, is really big on. He, he had a 21 points and 7 rebounds. Baylor took care of. Number two, Baylor took care of number five. Illinois. And that was uh, 82-69. And so we have that. Baylor, Illinois, 82-69. Baylor, Davion Mitchell, 15 points, 4 rebounds, and 7 assists. That's a good early matchup. It was played late. I did not watch it. I, I'm having a hard time getting locked in college basketball games because there's too many of them being thrown, thrown at us at once at the beginning of the season. It's nice to have in the background, but honestly I, I wasn't staying up that late to watch Baylor versus Illinois. Not, not in December. If that game was in February, okay. Texas 
beats North Carolina. Texas is now 4-0. They're 17th in the country. They got number 14, North Carolina, 69-77. Oregon loses to Missouri. Missouri is starting to look like they might have a pretty good basketball team there in the SEC. They could be a contender there. 83-75 the winners. Florida State took care of North Florida. And the Leon County Civic Center, 86-58. Walker had 17 points and four rebounds for Florida State. North Florida is not a basketball powerhouse. We know that. But what's the significance of this? This was Florida State's first game of the season. Ohio State, 77-44 winners. They're ranked number 23 in the country. And the Gators, they took out Army. I believe that, I don't have it in front of me, I think it was uh, 76 69. I believe it was the final of that. Clemson won, and pull up SEC real quick. Uh, Florida, yes, it was 76 uh, 69. Uh, Trey Mann had 19 points. Alabama! Alabama is 3 1 now. They take out Providence 88 81. Georgia beat North Georgia 84 62. I feel like I missed one. Oh, there we go. Arkansas is undefeated. They beat T. Arlington. They're 3-0 now. It's 72-60 was the winner. So there you have that. Uh, today, Florida, 9-30 tonight against Boston College. That should be a pretty good game. Boston College has a pretty good basketball team for people who haven't paid attention to them. Uh, they gave Villanova, number three Villanova, all they wanted. Lost a close game to them early on. They beat Rhode Island, and then they lost to uh, St. John's in an early matchup. Really close game, 97-93. So that should be a fun game to watch. I do plan on watching that game. I like if it's a local team early on and they're playing other Power 5 conference teams, I'll watch it. But usually with college basketball, I tend to wait until we get to the uh, – Conference play, which is starting January. Uh, no other big game of notes. ACC is not really playing anybody of note. SEC one double check. I don't think anyone. Yeah, Florida's the only one. Uh, top twenty-five action today. Um, you have. Uh, Well, we'll go ahead and move on because top. Well, I'll tell you what. Top twenty-five action, real quick. I found it. Okay. It is goofy. Wait, they set up their school board. Iowa's playing at eight o'clock on the Big Ten Network. They're playing Western Illinois. Who no one cares about that? Arizona State's playing Cal. That could be decent. It's ten o'clock at night, so nobody cares about that. And. The St. John's-Texas Tech game was canceled. I'm sure another coronavirus dealio. Memph, uh, excuse me, Temple and Villanova. That game was canceled. So there really isn't much to watch in college basketball today. I'd say the Florida game is the big one. That's 9.30 night. And, of course, we don't have... Um, by the way, oh, shoot, the Tennessee-Notre Dame game was canceled for tomorrow. I did not know that. I was looking forward to that. Um, there, There is no NFL tonight like normal. And college football, I don't believe we have a college football game because 
they were kind of winding everything down. I'm going to double check and make sure, but they were winding everything down. And I believe, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There's two games tonight, but they're not worth a crap. That's right. Los Angeles, uh, Louisiana Tech, who's four and three on the seasons, playing North Texas. If that intrigues you, that's six o'clock on CBS Sports Network. And Air Force versus Utah State, that's nine thirty on CBS Sports Network. So they have a doubleheader of crap on CBS Sports Network. I know there's a few people out there that might be into that game. Um, if you, I, th- I feel like if you are into that particular doubleheader, you are probably a degenerate gamble, gambler on the highest level. I have to feel like that that has to be a thing. Um, and iPhone, get it together, dude. You're like the worst. Apple is the worst. Why does Apple always want you to set up 17 verifications and notifications to be able to get in to your phone? If I want to get in my damn phone, I'll pick up my phone. Quit asking me to double verify everything. I'm not going to do it, you putts. I've always been iPhone. I'm getting dangerously close to switching to Android next time because I am just fed up there. They constantly screw up their their uh, their updates. It's nice when the iPhone thing works, but they don't do enough troubleshooting. I don't know if it's because they just can't do it, but they they don't do enough troubleshooting. And so, anyways. Won't continue to complain about that. We've got some baseball news. I have to take an extremely quick break. We come back on the other side. We've got some baseball stuff to get into. Some guys were signed. Some guys were released yesterday. We're going to hit the whole nine yards of it here in just a flash on the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. I have to get a couple of these in. The Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show. The rock and roll of Sports Talk Radio. So turn that auto-tune and mumble crap off from the other guys. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the school ball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to school ball peanut butter whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with school ball peanut butter whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at schoolballwhiskey.com. Infidium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Let me go we are Armchair Quarterbacks on Facebook. We simulcast every show on Facebook Live. Where it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Main Street's still all cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom, the mother's spoken. The Armchair Quarterbacks. 
He's full of beer and he's full of snack The All-American Man With a cool one in his hand Yeah, the armchair quarterback He's kind of fun and he's kind of But oh, sometimes I think about you And the way you used to ride out In your rhinestones and your sequins With the sunlight on your hair As for me, I, I had to start laughing because I got to Did anyone nowadays pull up that thing? Oh, I don't think it pulled it off. Not on a country station. I, I don't, I, they might be able to pull that off on the auto-tune stations. The, the good old Dan Seals, man. He can hit that, hit that high note like no other. Um, so, real quick, in case you're just joining us to go over it, there is a confirmation that uh, the Coastal Carolina game between them and uh, Liberty has been, that game has been canceled. And what I'm seeing right here is, or at least I thought I just saw, I thought I just saw a con. Any guesses on the line between BYU and Coastal Carolina? They they must have already agreed in principle. Now, whether or not we have a time for that game, I don't know. But Coastal Carolina BYU will be played this Saturday, I think. And away we go from that. Okay, so yesterday, Amidst all the NFL that was played and whatnot, the NL, the Major League Baseball non-tender deadline hit. And what this means, these are guys that could still be tendered, but you would usually have to go to arbitration to sign them or you sign them out outside of arbitration. Either way, there were some guys of note that have been non-tendered. They're, they're now free agents. We'll start with... Uh, We'll do this alphabetically because that's how it's it's set up here in my system. So the Atlanta Braves, they non-tendered Adam Duvall. He is now a free agent. He had 16 home runs in 56 games played this year. He is going to be a hot commodity. He is 32. I'm a little surprised that they did not tender him. He was only going to pull about $4.7 to $7.1 million this year. What that tells me is that Atlanta's going hard after someone else. That Atlanta's either trying to keep Marcelo Zuna and they needed that money to keep him, or there's someone else in the mix. I still have not gotten any kind of confirmation to find out if we have a DH in the National League. And if we're not going to have one, I think I would have signed Adam Duvall back. He's decent in the field. I think he could put up 30 home runs. In 162 game seasons, obviously, statistically speaking, last year he definitely would have had done that. Had he had he played a a full, we'll say 140 at the rate that he did what he did last year, he'd had about 40 home runs. That's probably unrealistic. Adam Duvall is a ve- is a very hot and cold hitter, but still, they're going to try to re-sign Duvall, but they no longer have the assurance. I think what they're doing. Ken Rosenthal is reporting that they're waiting to see if there's going to be a DH coming to the National League. What is taking so long to find that out? 
give us a damn answer because the bare bones of it is this Sunday, Sunday evening begins major league baseball's winter meetings. Now they're going to be done virtually, but my God, get it together. All right. Anyways, moving on from that, the Braves did resign co uh, Johan Carmarga. They also re-signed freaking Luke Jackson to 1.36 and 1.7 deals. Look, that was about $4 million right there. Or I guess about $3 million right there. I would have liked to see that go to Duvall. Camargo is just Swiss cheese with a bat. Way too many holes in his swings. And I'm sorry, but Luke Jackson is just not a good... I guess what they're doing from an economical standpoint, he's going to be like a sixth inning guy, fifth inning, come in, mop up, game's out of hand. He'll come in and they'll just ride his arm, and they hope they hope he can get it figured out, but he, I, I doubt it. Uh, the Red Sox, there was no news on them. The Cubs, though, they non-tendered Kyle Schwarber, Jose Martinez, Albert Amora, and Ryan Tapera. Obviously, the big name there that everyone – sees is Chris Bryant was was tendered. So he'll be a Cub. No shock there. But what was a little shocking was that Schwarber was non-tendered. It would not have taken much to put non-Schwarber. Oh, let me clarify that. All right, this makes sense now. That's not the original report I saw was was three to four million. This is being reported by MLB.com that Schwarber would have made eight million in 2021, had they tendered him? Yeah, who the hell's doing Guy hit 186 last year, or 188. He's a defensive liability. You, you want a 188 DH? Yeah, right. Uh, the White Sox, they non-tendered Carlos Rodon and Nomar Mazzara. Those are two decent names, so that, that makes the free agent pull a little deeper. The Reds, they non-tendered Archie Bradley, Brian Goodwin, Kyle Farmer, so they're all out there in the pool. The Indians, they said goodbye to Delano DeShields Jr. The Rockies, this is this one shocked me. David Dahl. David Dahl is going to be out on the free agent market. That's an interesting one, y'all. David Dahl, that could look, that guy could, could end up roosting himself somewhere in the South. I could I've seen him uh linked to the Braves. I've seen him linked to the the Rays, the Marlins. Keep an eye on David Dahl. The Astros. No news there. Royals. No news there. Of course, they signed Mike Miner last week. In case you missed that. The Angels. No, no, no one of real recognition. I mean, some old blast from the past. Remember uh, Matt Andreese used to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, he's uh, he's been non-tendered, but that's that wasn't a shocker. He really hasn't done anything over the past couple of years. Uh, the Dodgers, no news there. The Marlins, they non-tendered Ryan Stanek. I'm a little surprised by that because he's a pretty decent reliever. Uh, they had already DFA'd Jose Urena. Um, that did not shock me. They did re-sign Jesus Aguilar to one year. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was like $4.25 million. And non-tender offer for the the Twins non-tendered Eddie Rosario and Matt Whistler. You remember Matt Whistler? He was with Atlanta 
for for a few years. Uh, everyone thought he was the second coming, and then some guy by the name of Soroka came along, so they kicked in with the curb. The Pirates, they released Trevor Williams last month, so that was their big thing, but nothing of importance happened yesterday, nor with the Cardinals, nor with the uh, the Padres. The Padres will tender offers to Tommy Pham and the Giants, no news. Mar- uh, Mariners, no big news. Nor with the Rays. I and mean, the unattended Edgar Garcia, but that's not a big thing. Remember, the Rays released Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro uh, last week. So that was the one that they, the, everyone was on the wanting to see what happened, and it was already taken care of. The Rangers, th- this name intrigues me. Danny Santana was non tendered. Now, look, he had elbow issues in the 2020 season, only batted 145, didn't play much. Very small sample size. I think he only played like 15 games or something like that. So 145 and 15 games could just be a slump. Danny Santana is intriguing as a free agent. He could be a low-level free agent because Danny Santana... See, I would have rather given a chance to him than Camargo. He could probably bring in maybe a couple million on a contract or whatever to prove his worth. But Danny Santana can play like six different positions. He's played the outfield well. He's solid middle infielder. He can also play third base. And he gets on base. He causes issues. I am sick and tired of watching Camargo come up there and swing for the fences at a buck 45. The Blue Jays, they non-tendered Travis Shaw. That's interesting to me because... Uh, remember, he, he used to play for the, the Brewers. He, I believe he was a Red Sox before that. And he had a terrible 2019 season with the Brewers. So he came back with the Blue Jays and in 180 plate appearances, he had six home runs. So in a full season, we're talking about 18-ish home runs, hitting around 250. Not someone you're going to break the bank for, but he could be a good bench option. He's kind of going into the land of uh, Matt Adams at this point in his career. And the Nationals did not uh, non-tender anybody. They have signed Joe Ross to a $1.5 million contract. I mean, that that's a deal. Joe Ross and nothing else go out there and give you innings. So there you have that. Just want to make sure everyone knew what was going on in the world of baseball because the Starting uh, next week, you're going to get the uh, – it's virtual, but you are going to get the owner's meetings, as they call them. It's really the general manager's – or, the, or I'm sorry, the winner meetings. Everyone thinks of it as owners, but it's really the general managers and their underlings. They get to cracking. I mean, they hit the ground running Sunday night, and they don't stop it. I think it's going to move faster with Zoom because you're going to have guys be able to jump in and out of rooms. Um It'll be interesting to see what kind of protocols they set up with that. You, you, you don't want them to just be able to jump in. If you, if you Let's say you're the Atlanta Braves and you're the Boston Red Sox and you're thinking about making a move. You don't want just anyone to be able to jump in there and, 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 and see what you're talking about. You want to be invited in. And I bet they have some kind of mandate that says everybody needs to say who they are, where they're coming from, on their Zoom. In other words, it can't just be ID number 4233 or Joe Joe Smith, you need to tell me what your position is on your, on your Zoom call and what organization you're with. 
So that'll be I'll be interesting to see if more gets done or if less gets done. Because I could see more getting done because you don't have to jump up from conference room to conference room. But maybe less will get done because maybe they're a little less comfortable doing it that way. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get the hell out of here on a Thursday where there's no real football. There's a good college basketball game tonight with Florida and Boston College, but that's about it. And uh, we look forward to Friday because we got a great weekend ahead of us. A great weekend of, of college football and the NFL. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, on this date I in 1983, the, words you, the 49th Heisman Trophy Award was given to Mike Rozier. Now, I'm wondering about something. I'm going to have to do a deep dive on this. Because I'm also seeing here pop up on my on my screen that on that same date... Okay, that doesn't make sense at all. Because one's... Okay. It says here that the Heisman Trophy was given to Mike Rozier Saturday, December 3rd to Nebraska's Mike Rozier. But it also says that the Iron Bowl was played between Auburn and Alabama that same day. Now, why the hell would the Iron Bowl be played the same day you give out the Heisman? Because back then you had to mail them in. There, there was no electronic. Something smells fishy in this. I, I think they might have their years mixed up on one or the other. I do know Rozier won the Heisman in 83 because I remember that specifically. I don't remember the date of the Iron Bowl in 83, but also on this date, in 1988, just five years later, Barry Sanders won the Heisman Trophy. Being lucky enough to see both of them play, Rozier and Sanders. I'm t- Rozier was a bruiser. Rozier was an absolute bruiser. Why do we bring up the Rozier? Two things. He would go on to lose to the Miami Hurricanes for the national championship about a month later. When Nebraska was looked upon as the best team in the country, this is a huge upset. And in 88, or well, let me finish all the Rozier. Rozier would also go on to play for the Jacksonville Bulls in the USFL. In 88, Barry Sanders winning his, remember right before that was Thurman Thomas, Oklahoma State. So they had, it was either back-to-back or maybe there were two years in between, but they played in Oklahoma State. Thurman Thomas, they played against Florida State in the Gator Bowl. I went to that game. I want to say it was raining that day. I can't remember. I remember going with my dad and my grandfather and uh, being excited about that. I was more excited that I was about to go see Thurman Thomas than I was going to see Florida State. I'd seen Florida State play, and they were like, you know, what are you, what are you nuts? Anyways, I thought it was cool to, to be able to go see a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and also on this date, the Golden State Warriors – Remember this one? This was, God, it's hard to believe it's been 23 years ago. The Golden State Warriors terminate the contract of Latrell Sprewell, four-year, $32 million deal, which was huge back then. Why did they terminate his uh, contract? Because he had attacked and tried to choke out head coach P.J. Carlissimo. Neither one of them ever really came back from that. 
Neither one of them. Uh, birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does Here on this December 3rd. Try to explain that on this day. It was the I don't know if uh, people remember him as a pitcher. They might know him more now as a broadcaster. But Paul Bird, 50 years old today. I'm not a fan of him when he's in the booth. They'll put him in the booth from time to time. I like him much better as a sideline reporter than I do as a business. He gets overly technical. He is He's another one of those, like Sean's talked about with uh, Dan Orlovsky yesterday. Paul Bird will make you think that he, that he was a 10-time Cy Young winner. Paul Bird was a journeyman pitcher that had a decent year in Atlanta, and that's about it. He was an okay pitcher. I mean, he was a junk ball pitcher, but he was 50 years old. Uh, happy birthday to him. Like I said, I like him as, as a sideline down on the field reporter, whatever the hell they call it in baseball. Because he'll, he'll have decent insight on what's going on, right? But when they put him in the booth, oof, it is brutal. Hopefully we don't get much of that this year. Uh, one more birthday to throw at you before we get out of here. Um, I lost the year, so I don't, I don't want to misspeak on it. Uh, there was a – out of hell with it. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. I, I had another one in front of me, but I can't find it now because I, I moved the screen around. You know how that goes. But anyways, uh, tomorrow we'll have Tony here. We'll have Justin here. I can't wait for that fight. Uh, it's Tennessee, Florida week. They're going to give each other, uh, some hard times. Also tomorrow, uh, Matt Carr will be here. We'll talk about what's going on in the NBA. We'll have the stupid stock tips. Um, by the way, they just replayed that interception, that pick six that RG three threw, And he honestly thinks that him getting limpy and gimpy, Lost the game? That pick six lost the game, you schmo. I'll tell you something else that didn't happen. You know, we didn't get a chance to get into this. So I got kind of flustered at the beginning of the show when I expect Justin be, to, to be on and then he doesn't come on and I, and I lose track of my notes or whatnot. But at the end of the second quarter, going into halftime, Baltimore had no timeouts. And they decided to try to run the ball. Pittsburgh laid on the, on the ball carrier. It should have been called right then. The refs should have called that. They did not. So that was a bad job by the refs, terrible job by the refs. It was very obvious that he was trying to keep him from getting up. But when it happened, I felt like the Ravens should have just spiked the ball, reset, and either kicked the field goal or go for it, but they went up there in a panic. And anyways, they didn't get any points from it. They didn't get a single point from it. So if you take that play and you add three points to their score and you take away the pick six, the Ravens win the damn ball game fairly comfortably because the Steelers only scored the one touchdown and three field goals. You would have, you would have been talking and hell they wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. 
the offense only scored one touchdown and three field goals. You, if you take those six points off the board for the pick six, and you take the, uh, you add the field goal. We're talking about a 17-13 win by the, by the Ravens. Anyways, that's my walk off. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Football, 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 and more football tomorrow. We'll see you. Have a great afternoon. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. If you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. Too bad I'm going to get